getting into the People's Championship, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, touching on everything that you need to know for this tournament. The course history, the top stat fits, the players in the best recent form. Give you guys the top plays in each price point tier, highlighting the core plays, and giving you guys a first look build. Let's go ahead and get into it. The People's Open, the Waste Management Phoenix Open is here. It is a fun tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. Uh, the field is super loaded and it's going to make for, I think, a lot of easy line of pass this week. Unlike last week where on the main slate, as it developed throughout the week, I'm like, there's no way we can attack this slate in cash. It's one in which I was like, all right, let's pump the brakes. Let's not play too much, which ended up being huge. And now this week is why we did that, because this field is loaded. It should be just a phenomenal week in terms of lineup construction. And so just getting into it, there are going to be a lot of golfers with great course history. So Patrick Hanley's number one only had one start here in the last four years. That was the second place finish last year. See Tagala, third place finish last year. Those two only have one stars over the last four years. Remember, we look at that because that's when the course history data is the most significant. From there, Justin Thomas. Just excellent course history. A 13th, third, third, phenomenal. Xander Schauffele, third, second, 16th, 10th. I mean, just really good there. Johnny V popping up there. Wow. Matt Fitzpatrick, 10th. Then we're going to John Rom, 10th, 13th, 9th, 10th. Like phenomenal starts there. Sun James, 17th, 7th, or 34th, 7th. Hideki, four straight make cuts with only one bad start mixed in there. Max Homa, four straight make cuts. JT Poston, four straight make cuts. Billy Horschel, four straight. Russell Knox, four straight. Brian Harmon, Scotty Scheffler. There's just so much great course history here. And this is just going to tell us a, just how good the field is. It's phenomenal. And another way we can easily tell that is going to be by looking at recent four, where the average finish over the last five is just absolutely spectacular. If we were to do last 15, last 10, would be crazy as well. Uh, let's just do it by last five, just out of curiosity. We have three players, four players, where their average finish over their last five starts is no worse than 10th. I mean, that is just crazy. Now, Xander did have a uh, withdrawal mixed in there, okay? So take that one with a grain of salt, but still, crazy. We throw in... Like Patrick Anlay, Seamus Power popping up there as well. Interesting. Uh, Joel Damon popping up there. It's just so many great players with great form. Okay, and then just looking at it overall, obviously Rory, John Rahm, Max Homa, Scotty. I mean, no shocks there, but we are seeing just how loaded this field is. Okay, just so many players coming in with great form. And so the key stats that we're going to be looking at this week, um, there's going to be strokes and total as always, effective scoring as always, which is that 9-5 only stat, which really just measures a player's ability to both make the cut and then also upside. We're looking at good drivers percentage par four scoring we're also looking at ball striking total driving strokes gain around the green as well and i would say like the most unique one for this tournament is going to be good drive percentage the average winner finished 13th in good drive percentage which is a pretty eye-popping stat especially when you're comparing it to like driving distance as well which actually was popping up there a decent amount pretty much we are seeing long iron accuracy popping up there wedge popping up like all these stats are kind of coming in together slightly um to the point where just good golfers are winning the tournaments which we have seen historically as well Key stat wise, we can see all the all the players that are stopping up, popping up stat fit wise. And the thing with it is, guys, Tom Kim has been so electric for his current start to the PGA Tour. That's no surprise. He's ranking out number one. Sanjay always popping up there as well. Tommy Fleetwood is a little bit shocking there. Um, Patrick Cantlay then, Terrell Hatton as well. Uh, Tony Finau, Russell Henley, uh, Rory popping up there. John Rahm 14th, and that's the biggest surprise. Uh, Corey Connors 15th. Like, the field's loaded. Okay, we get that. Let's go ahead and just get into the high tier. Okay, guys, so I've said this enough already. This field is loaded. This is going to be the make or break point here, and it's going to be so tough to, like, really just go in on one player. Now, thankfully, the field is loaded, so we are getting, and this sounds weird, John Rahm at a little bit of a discount at 
only 11k because just given how he's played lately he should be higher priced than this okay john rom key stat wise ranked out first first in two of the key stats that we're looking at an effective scoring and good drive percentage which is a little bit shocking there uh strokes gain total top 15 and then part four scoring top 10 so just across the board he is going to be a good play um ranked out top 10 key stat wise okay we look at his course history starts 10th 13th 9th 10th just elite there number one specialist in the field guys he has a 97 percent chance to make the cut that is unheard of okay it's like dating back to my database i don't ever remember seeing a golfer with that high of a make cut percent okay he's number one player in the model it makes sense but we are actually getting him at a cheap price tag so i think he's actually someone we could be putting into our builds now you might be asking yourself rory can we play him yes you can play rory as well his last four starts worldwide included First, fourth, first, fourth. He's getting slightly knocked as the fourth rated player in the nine to five mile. Still a player that we want to be playing. There's no reason why he's getting knocked. It's just, it's very tight on the top. Okay, so you could certainly play him. And why is he getting knocked? Well, because pretty much Xander Shoffley has a little bit more course history and he's been playing extremely spectacular as well. And we can see that Xander ranks out top five in recent form rank stat rank could be better top 20, but nothing alarming key stat wise course history, third, second, 16th, 10th, just phenomenal starts from Xander Shoffley, where if you include or don't include the century tournament of champions where he had a withdrawal, where he was still under par, like he has just been playing some phenomenal golf at the farmer's insurance open. He clearly didn't have his stuff. Okay. Like his a game still finished top 15. It's very difficult not to love Xander. He has an 89% chance to make the cut from there. How can we ignore? Or Max Homa. I mean, this is like the perfect Max Homa event, right? Uh, course history wise, 14th, 42nd, 6th, 26th. Great stuff there. That nine to five stat, that effective scoring, top 10 in the field there. So we don't really have to worry about him as a play. Actually ranks or has a made cut percentage of 91%. Once again, like the biggest worry with him would be stat fit, only ranking out 22nd in the field. Nothing alarming there, though. Like all good key stats. This field is loaded. So I'm not too worried about. Uh, Players aren't ranking out the best staff fit wise. Overall, he ranks out third in the 95 mile, and that's just mostly due to that great recent form. Top five specialists in the field as well. And while I'm talking about it, here are the top specialists in the field. And once again, this is just pulling in all that specialist data for that tournament, all the key characteristics for that tournament. Okay. And what I mean by that is we're pulling in course designer greens, location, uh, length, scoring, type weather par but we're also pulling in like green sizes rough length fairway length um rough height all that weird stuff as well bunkers water hazards we're all pulling that stuff up into a specialist rating and so max homa right saw top five there the biggest issue that we are going to have this week is that you can literally make a educated decision as to why you should play anyone in this price point range and so for gpps i think the the route to go is literally going to be you're kind of going to need exposure to everyone here and i know that's not really groundbreaking but that is just how good of plays the uh, these players are like sun jm ranks out top 10 in the nine to five model had one bad start there at the sony open which just seems to be a poor event for him three straight make cuts at this tournament and a top 10 finish ranks out top 11 or better in specialist ranking course history rank and then stat rank recent form could be a little bit better again not because of that miscut at the sony open but we have seen that might just be a tournament in which he's not good at now maybe you worry about the upside with him but he also does have you know that fourth place finish at the farmers recently hideki strong finish at the farmers as well strong course history as well firmly could play him tom kim i mean this guy's electric like he could easily go out and find himself in contention again he struggled at the sony open besides that has literally been a stud Okay, if we take out that miscut, he probably would be ranking out best in recent form rank. Just tough not to love him. Okay, small sample size aside, and we are starting to get a good enough sample size on him. We can clearly see he's an elite player. This is kind of an event that you would like 
thing he would excel at. He excelled everywhere else. Doesn't seem to have a problem with the fans. Kind of actually gets motivated to play well with the fans. They're all so good. The only player that we might not be playing is Matt Fitzpatrick, who we found out during the week was dealing with an injury. And so kind of the the theme, especially in these fields in which we have a lot of great plays on the top end, we just don't even need to bother with the player that's injured. And so he's like the only player in the high tier that we might not be thinking about playing. And even still, he like didn't even play terribly, just had that one terrible round in round three and finished 77th. So I'm not saying playing, but I'm saying you know, if you if you ended up on them, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame you, I guess. So with that being said, with us ending up on so many players in the high tier, we're not gonna be able to end on that many players in the mid tier. And you know what? I don't think I don't think we need to. Okay, and that's kind of the beauty of this week. So yes, Jordan, Cam Young, Sam Burns, those are all players that can win. Uh City Tagal is some that is somewhat popping, but all these plays in here, guys, in this price point range kind of feel like we're forcing it. Like Tagala finished third at this event last year, which was great. And he does have two top 10 finishes, two top five finishes over his last five starts. That's encouraging as well. So we like that overall quality play does feel a little bit priced up. Same thing with Terrell Haddon, who's you know been playing pretty well, uh, especially if you include his starts uh, worldwide. H-Trade make cuts now. Um, did play this event four years ago. Top 15 plays finished. Like a fine play. Just doesn't feel like we need to play him. And then if we toss in someone in like uh, Taylor Montgomery as well, who, you know, if you're playing... Tom Kim, then you should probably just be playing Taylor Montgomery as well for the same reasons. I mean, this guy has really been a stud. As long as he's not in contention <laughs> come round two, he's going to be fine. Uh, Farmers Insurance Open, he was in contention to win and just had two terrible rounds. He is not able to manage the stress of being on the top of the PGA Tour leaderboard just yet. And so we are seeing enough reasons to probably not be on some of these players. Like Ricky, we could play. I'm fine with that. I, I do like the idea of playing Jason Day, but that goes ahead and gets us into to the low tier and so we will see a bunch of the top plays this week are going to come out of this price point range it seems so one of the best parts of last week was literally the fact that someone asked during the weather delay hey who are some outright bets that you could see winning and my response was you know justin rose and russell knox and that was due to weather but why was i on Justin Rose, why was he a top 10 play last week? I'm not giving myself a pat on the back for last week, guys. It's just, It was a weird week. The weather really changed the whole dynamic of that tournament. And don't even get me started on it. It'd be a rant. I just, I don't get how they su suspended play on Saturday and not on Thursday. They changed the whole dynamic of the slate there, the tournament. Okay, I don't want to get on a tangent. The point that I'm trying to make with this is that Jason Day is very much a similar type play to that of Justin Rose last week. And do I think Justin Rose would have still won had there not been that weather stuff? No, but he did. And he was still a good play. Jason Day is a player that is also trending in the right direction like Justin Rose was. I mean, we can see the finishes there from Jason Day. Been pretty good. And in his one missed cut, the RSM Classic still under par. Okay, so like really just some pretty good finishes. Three out of his last four starts have been top 20 finishes. You know, we just like that. Doesn't have a start at this tournament with a made cut. One start one miscut. That's it. Not the best in the 95 mile only race off 40th in the field. Could be someone that does well. From there, Sebo Kim is looking like a really strong kind of safe play, I would say. Uh, four years ago, miscut. Three years ago, miscut at this tournament. Then a 50th, then a 26th place finish. I like to see that the course history is trending in the right direction. 12 straight bay cuts on the PGA Tour. Okay, ranks out top 20 in recent form rank, a quality play. But here is where we are getting into really the top end plays, especially in this price point range. Keegan Bradley is going to be a player that's going to be extremely tough not to love as a play. The only issue that we have with him, and it's an issue with some other players as well, is that Sony Open, um, 
miscut. Okay. Besides that, bounce back well at the Farmers. Had played well at the Sanderson, the CJ or the Zozo Championship. Not too good at the Century Tournament Champions. That's not a tournament that you would think he'd play well at. Overall, though, he is someone that is really coming in as a strong price point play. He is someone that, you know, across the board is just a, a quality play. Strong course history, 26th, 22nd, 49th, and 67th place finishes. At this price tag, given how well Keegan Bradley has played this season, he's going to be someone that's going to be tough for me to pass up on. Now, a much better play than Keegan Bradley, I shouldn't say much better, a probably safer play than Keegan Bradley is going to be Corey Connors this week. We can see the recent form has been spectacular there. Four straight top, 25 finishes, four straight make cuts. Go back prior to that, uh, you know, I don't really care about the Ford End Championship. That's so far ago. Really good stuff recently, especially... Since the new year, we'll take that. And Hero World Channel's not really looking at that as well. So Century Tournament Champions, top 20 finish, which for him at that tournament, good finish. And then a 12th at the Sony Open. At this tournament, he's finished 38th, 17th, and 45th. Really good starts there from him. Top 20 specialist, top 25 in course history rank, top 12 staff fits, top 25 in recent form rank. Really just coming in, checking all the boxes. He's going to be someone at that price tag. Going to be tough for us not to play. Another player where considering the price tag is going to be difficult not to like. Now, the only issue that I have with Alex Norton is that we haven't seen that much of him. Okay, one start at the Abu Dhabi HBC Championship, what, a month ago? And then prior to that was the Houston Open. Like, that's the worry there with him. The thing that's not the worry there with him is the last two times we saw him, a second and fourth place finished. So we do worry about, one, the lack of starts on American soil over the past few months now. And like, is he traveling overseas this week? We don't know. Like that, that stuff does all add up to worry me a little bit. But if we look at his course history, sixth at this tournament last year, 44th, uh, four years ago. So two straight make cuts at this tournament. Ranks out top 20 course history rank stat wise could be a little bit better, but still not bad. Recent form rank top 20 in the field. Overall ranks out top 20 in the nine to five model as well. So did Corey Connors. Like I wish we had a more recent start with him and that's what makes him risky. But at this price tag is certainly an appealing play. And then we also have so many good plays here as well. Seamus Power we could look at. Maverick Pinkneely, I'm fine going back to the well with him. Um, Tom Hoagie, certainly someone that could play well at this tournament. Tom Hoagie, top 10 finish in his uh, top 10 finishes in the fall swing. Okay, recently not as good, but still making cuts. Um, three out of four made cuts at this tournament with the top 15 place finish last year. Andrew Putnam, I think we could go back to. I'd be fine with that. Brian Harmon's a play that let us down at the American Express, which is funny because he's shot by his eight. Okay, that's a tournament in which high variance tournament. We're through the stretch of high variance tournaments. We are now into the stretch of more predictable tournaments, which thank goodness. So Brian Harmon at this tournament, 14th, 36th, 49th, and 39th place finishes. Obviously, some really good stuff there. You know, finished 79th at the American Express. Not a terrible finish, but not elite. Uh, 32nd, 16th, and 2nd prior to that. Um, to go back further, 2nd, 23rd, 15th. Like, had been having good starts in there. Overall, a pretty good staff fit. You know, top 30 in the field, top 30 course history rank, top 15 specialist rank, top 15 recent form rank. Overall, top 20 playing the 9-5 to five model. You know, GPP-wise, I, I think I'd be fine playing him. I do tend to hesitate to play players coming in off of a miscut um, in cash builds. But at this price tag, you know, we might almost be forced into playing him. Russell Henley, Keith Mitchell, those are two good plays. Chris Kirk, another good play. JJ Spawn, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see him make the cut. Christian Bazoo and out, Adam Hadwin. Okay, like there is so many good plays in this price range. Like Trey Molinax really got hurt by the weather and had a withdrawal. Had a good tournament going before they decided not to delay the tournament on Thursday. Could end up on him. But really kind of standout play in this price point range. And I hate when this happens. I kind of do. It's JT Poston. Because JT Poston is looking like one of those plays that we are just going to be forced into playing. 
And I say this enough, but more times than not, it rewards us and rewards us really well. Course history-wise, 23rd, 11th, 37th, 26th. Four straight make cuts. Love that there with him. Key stat-wise, race all top 15 in the field. Okay, obviously right there. His last four starts, 6th, 21st, 21st, 21st. We look at his missed cut at the Makoba. You know, that's fine. Minus one. You know, I don't really care about these starts that are way months ago. Since the new year, he has looked good. And this price tag is too cheap for a guy that's coming in with three straight make cuts in a row on the PGA Tour, four straight, and a top 10 finish with a top 12 finish at this tournament while making four straight make cuts. O'Fry's a top 10 play in the 95 mile. And that's insane. Okay. That's because of the good course history and the good recent form. And like the predictability should be there for him to make the cut. He is someone that I think we are just going to be forced into playing. So now we get into the value tier and you guys want to know the most frustrating part about last week is that the value tier did really well. Mark Hubbard found himself in contention. Peter Malnati almost won. And a lot of those value plays that we were on were paired with Andrew Putnam, Maverick McNeely, Jordan Spieth, <laughs> who didn't play well. A couple of uh, Justin Rose ones and a couple of Victor Hovland, but man, such a tilting week last week. And, and just touching on it, you know, I'm not someone that's like mad at the PGA Tour. Like it was the correct move to suspend play on Saturday. It's just they shut it down on Thursday as well. That That's where I'm upset. So Russell Knox, you know, coming in, making 10 out of his last 11 cuts now is looking like a great play. Four straight make cuts at this tournament as well. Now, the recent results haven't been great. 33rd last year, 53rd, and then 16th and 10th. So obviously does have a strong feel for this tournament. Uh, is someone that's coming in with a pretty high make cut chance, 66%, like a really strong price point play. Someone we can certainly end up on. Scott Stoins was someone that was really popping up as a leverage play last week and ended up playing pretty well. You know, top 15 plays finish. Overall, I would love to see better starts from him recently, but 74th at the Farmers, not terrible. Two straight make cuts at this tournament with a missed cut four years ago. Like, not a lock, though, and that's why his price is low, but it wouldn't be shocking to see him return a top 20 finish. Going lower, Kevin Kisner playing better recently. Could end up on him. Two straight make cuts at this tournament. Like, I think we are probably going to get a make cut out of him. Sam Ryder, a GPP only play, but four straight make cuts at this tournament. Uh, and look at that. I mean, like, he has been so hit or miss. And it's just interesting to see how we respond. And he hasn't been hit or miss. Like, he was under par at the American Express, even par at the Sony, and under par at the RSM Classic. Okay, not terrible, terrible starts. But obviously, they need to be better. Mixon, there are two top 10 finishers. GP only play. I don't think he's going to be great mentally coming into this tournament. We'll see. Would it be shocking to see Jonathan Vegas play well this week? Not at all. Okay. Uh, 25th in his last start. You know, miscut at the American Express. One bad round. Minus eight still there. 79th. And if we look at his last four starts, 25th, 79th, 80th, and 49th. He also had a top 10 finish at this tournament four years ago, which is a long time. But, you know, we're shooting for upside there in the value price point range, and he could certainly give that to us. Honestly, I worry about the grind of last week's tournament, but Peter Malnati could could be an okay play, fourth and twentieth over his last two starts. Not ranking out the best, ranks out sixty first in the or sixty fourth in the nine to five mile as someone that's going to be right around a make cut, so not elite, but you know okay. And so like this is just an example of a lineup you could put out there and feel perfectly fine with it. And that's the thing this week is that we have so many great plays. Now let's go ahead and get into the core plays, and then I'll give you guys the actual first look build. Now, core play number one is just simply going to be John Rahm. He's just the best play on the board. Uh, and I think people are probably going to overthink it a little bit too much. Uh, in simple, we are getting a make cut most likely. Okay, 97% chance to make the cut. He has just been on a tear. We look at the last 
Five starts, top four in recent form. Look at the last 10 starts, top five. Look at the last 15, top seven in recent form rank. So overall, just really spectacular. Second best player in recent form rank overall. Uh, we can see just across the board, just spectacular. His worst finish at this tournament over the last four years was 13th. Uh, recent form has been spectacular. Seventh, first, 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 fourth, first, second. I mean, you can't top that. I think people are not going to be on him as much as they should be. And so thus, I think, John Rahm is someone we should be trying to pay up for. Now, from there, I will be trading Xander as a core play as well. Just a spectacular play. Ranks out second best in the 9-5 to five model. We can see the recent form has been spectacular, minus that withdrawal. Course history-wise, third, second, 16th, 10th. I mean, just spectacular there. Uh, stat rank could be a little bit better, but overall, I'm not too worried about that. Nothing too alarming staff it wise uh, I guess if he struggles, that'd be the reason why, but really just a strong play across the board. And then Max Homa. I think Max Homa is just going to be a spectacular play that we cannot not try to play. Uh, we can see first, third, 23rd, 20th, first, fifth, like just spectacular starts from him. Uh, course history wise, 14th, 42nd, 6th, 26th. Like we want to be playing these guys. Okay. So it's, it's going to be a tournament in which I do think we might just want to load up on, and this is the tough part. Cause obviously we want to pay up for John Rahm, but we might just want to load up on like these players in this price point range because they're, they're quality plays as well. And maybe do more of a studs and duds approach. The one thing we know is we're going to be skipping over that mid tier price point here. So from there, the next Next core play for me is going to be Corey Connors, who's just really standing out as a play this week. Uh, course history wise, four straight or three straight make cuts, 38th, 17th, and 45th. Good stuff there from him. Key stat wise, nothing too alarming. Top 20 in the field. Okay. Uh, recent form wise, 12th, 18th, 23rd, 25th. Just good stuff there from Corey Connors. Chances are, you know, he's going to make the cut. He is typically just a made cut maker. That is who he is. Okay. Top 20 in specialist rank as well. So like really just coming in as a strong play across the board. And then the last core play is going to be JT Poston, who to me just at this price tag is someone like we just kind of need to play. I would say, uh, look at his course history, 23rd, 11th, 37th, 26th, just great stuff there. I mean, if we can get, let's say his worst finish at this tournament, 37th at 7.3, I would take that any day of the week at 7.3. Why not? You know, and it, the recent starts have been great. The weird stuff is the three straight top 21 finishes. Like what? Finishing 21st, three straight tournaments. Like that is weird. And then a sixth place finish. So really just good stuff there from JT Post. And obviously playing a lot better recently. Uh, just at this price tag, someone that we are just have to be ending up on. So this is what it looks like with those core plays. Obviously, we can't make that work. So let's go ahead and try to make an optimal lineup based off of this. All right, so here's what it's looking like. Let's go ahead and put this into the nine to five lineup tool just to see how it projects. All right, so here's what it's looking like, guys. And this is what's the insane part about this field is and what this tournament is. It's like one, this lineup will work for both FanDuel. It's the make cut percent, 81%. I mean, that is just crazy. This field is so loaded with quality plays, okay? We can make so many good builds. Look at the average mile rank of this build. Top 10, like that is just unheard of, okay? This is basically a major field but we're playing at a slightly more predictable course. And so I would, I guess I would say it's more like the player's championship where yes, the field's so loaded and maybe the Super Bowl and whatnot and more drunk fans, maybe that creates more variance, but I, I don't think so. I think this is going to be a week in which we can attack because we are going to be able to get a lot of easier lineup pass. And with no football coverage too much this week, I know the Super Bowl is going on, but at the start of the week, there's going to be less people or there's going to be more people coming in this week than there typically are. It's like, it's just so easy to make a good build. So yes, that's, this is what it's looking like. There's obviously a lot of different ways. I want to be able to fit John Rahm into my builds because it's going to be easy to, it's just, do we sacrifice a really strong low tier play to get up to John Rahm? That's the question. Like, cause 
going from you know Brian Harmon to Russell Knox, I, I guess I'd be fine with that, but that's for you guys to decide. All right, that's all for this golf video. Let's have a good waste management week. Let's have a strong bounce back week. Uh, last week was finally a week in which was a bad week. It was a long time coming. It was running too good. And so it was honestly the perfect week to have a bad week, main slate-wise. I should say that main slate-wise, uh, round three showdown, round two showdown was pretty good. Um, looking at uh, the prize picks, that was pretty strong uh, for most of the days. Round two, round three. Round four was a little bit of a push. Underdog, though, for round four was huge. Um, and then, man, we just missed on the first-round leader as well. Will Gordon, if he got in before the weather, could have hit that as well. But, yes, this should be a bounce-back week. I'm excited for it. All right, let's have a good weekend as always. Let's keep cashing.